What's up, guys? I'm Kevin Lapka. I'm Ryan Talley. And this is the Lapka and Talley podcast. We are going to do our Week 10 previews for this week. We're going to go through every game in Week 10, tell you our predictions against the spread. Uh, last week, I went 13 and, or was it, when did you go last week? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. I believe I went 9 and 4. He went 9 and 4. I believe I went 10 and 3. So, pretty good weeks for both of us two weeks ago. So, I consider, uh, I, I wouldn't say you should listen to our analysis because we're, we're, we're making people money out here, all right? Yeah. Too good. Too good. Um, we missed the Thursday night game, but just a little recap on that game. Uh, Pittsburgh won 52-21. to Absolute demolition. They look like a team that has become the force in the AFC they were expected to be. Meanwhile, the Panthers, you know, they were riding high at 6-2, and two, and now they just got blown out. So a lot of people are questioning their validity and you know, what they can do the rest of the season. But that happened on Thursday, so we're going to go to the Sunday games now. We're going to start with Washington at Tampa Bay. Um, this open is a Tampa Bay favorite minus one, but it's now moved to a Tampa Bay favorite minus three. Um, this is a community is pretty split on this one. 55% of the community has Tampa Bay, while 45% of the community has Washington. I think a lot of people are surprised that Washington is upset, um, is um, the underdog despite losing last week at Atlanta. But all that being said, who do you have in this one in Tampa Bay? Yeah, I'm going to take Washington plus three here. Uh, they're five and three on the season against the spread. Tampa Bay is only three and five against the spread. And Washington's actually a pretty good road team. They're two and one straight up on the season and two and one against the spread on the road. I think Washington, I think they keep it close. Tampa Bay, you just never know what they're going to come out with with Ryan Ta- or right. Ryan Fitzpatrick. They either have an offensive explosion or they struggle the entire game right. and just make a late game comeback. Maybe um, I think this game's going to be close all all day. I I think Washington will be able to keep pace with Ryan Fitzpatrick, so I'm going to take Washington plus three. This is a tough one for me. I'm going to take the Bucks Again, this is a, two teams where, you know, it could go either way. These have been two really consistent teams. But for me, we know about the high-powered offense of the Buccaneers, especially when Fitzpatrick is in there. We know that he can light it up at any time just because that's what he does. I know he's 0-3, averaging 260 yards passing in his last three games, but we know the potential he has as a passer. And if you look at the Redskins, they're averaging 20 points per game this year, 25th in the NFL, also lowest points per game by a team with a winning record. And if this is a game which we predict the Buccaneers are going to be in a shootout, then I don't think Washington's be able to keep up with the scoring of the Buccaneers. I mean, they're 25th in scoring, and I know this is a really bad Buccaneers secondary, but this team right now just doesn't really have the weapons to even have the ability to put up that many points. Like, Adrian Peterson isn't going to explode. He'll he'll have a nice game, probably, you know, like 90 yards and off 20 carries, and he'll be the ground-and-pound player that he is. But you know Alex Smith isn't going to light up for 350 yards and four touchdowns so I think that's where Washington's going to struggle is the fact that Buccaneers are going to put up a lot of points in this game they have a nice offense and I just don't think Washington's be able to keep up with it now if Washington plays good defense we know about their secondary we know they have DJ Swearinger and Haka Clinton Dix but they got exposed last week by um by Atlanta and I know Haha is going to be in his second game in the system he's going to learn a few things so I expect that to be better but I still see the Buccaneers putting up 28 to 35 points and I just don't see the Redskins be able to match that many points and I think they lose the game so I'm going to take the Buccaneers minus three in this one all right 
so we both took Tampa Bay. No, uh, no he, he took Washington plus three. I took Tampa Bay minus three, so we disagreed on that one. We're going to move on now to uh, Detroit Lions at Chicago Bears. This one had big line change. Um, opened up as Chicago as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but moved to Chicago's six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, part of the movement could be because Detroit cornerback, one of the better cornerbacks in the league, Darius Slay, is out, and uh, right guard TJ Lang is out. And... Uh, Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson are playing for the Bears, so that could be a reason for the line change in this one. But all that being said, who do you have in this one? I'm going to take Detroit here, plus 6.5. This is a divisional game. I think this is a close game the whole way uh, throughout. I think uh, the Lions Lions are just a a shaky team. They play good one week, and then they, they look horrible the next week. But they are three and one on the road against the spread, so you like to see that. I think Matthew Stafford comes out, has a good game, rebounds after an awful game last week. I think the Lions keep this close. I think the Bears still win this game, but I think it's by maybe four points or a field goal. Right. Yeah, I mean, I this is a game that I have trouble with. Even as a Bears fan, divisional games are always close with this team, and especially with the Detroit Lions, they usually keep it close with the Bears. I mean, if you look at divisional games across the league, then those types of games are never going to be blowouts. I mean, these teams know each other. I mean, so you expect that um you expect that those games are going to be close. And this is a struggling Detroit Lions team and a, you know, thriving Bears team, but don't expect this game to be a blowout by any means. Six and a half is a lot. I I just I do think the Bears do have the ability to to win by a touchdown, which is why I kind of hate this line right here. Um because it's it's really tough, but you know if you look at this offensive line for the Lions, letting out a franchise record for the Vikings last year, eleven sacks, and then you know you lose T.J. Lang, who is a really good offensive lineman, one of the core guys in that unit, and then you got Khalil Mack coming back, you know that 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 says a lot about what they're going to be able to do on offense, and and now this is a team, you know, they lost Golden Tate. And they were running well with Carrion Johnson, and it, it, they've completely changed their identity. You know, at the beginning of the year when they were having success after their early woes, it was carry on, it was the Carrion Johnson show for them, and that was the formula. And you started to kind of see, you know, this organization and this this coaching staff start to develop that identity where you were like, all right, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start pounding it with Carrion, and we'll let Matt Stafford do his thing. He's got the weapons around him. But now, you know, you don't have Golden Tate and you play a good running team like the Chicago Bears, you know, who can be able to shut Carrion down. I just don't see what they have to do what what they're gonna be able to do um with their weapons on the outside and then to the defensive side of the ball, you know, losing Darius Slay is huge. I it's not as big because, you know, the Bears don't have that huge number one wide receiver that it's gonna demoralize them if they don't have their number one guy covering our number one guy. I mean Allen Robinson's really good and um his 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 impact coming back will be huge for the Bears. I mean when uh, for the four to seven games that he was in there, uh Trubisky was averaging 300 yards per game and only averaging 177 when Robinson was off the field. So you could definitely see Robinson's impact there. You know, with all that, you know, the the Detroit Lions are one and three on the road. I'm gonna take Chicago. I think, like Ryan said, it's gonna be a close game. I think if they, I think if the Bears cover this, it's gonna be by a touchdown or seven to ten points, something like that. But it's not going to be a blowout by any means. It will be a tough, gritty game. I like that it's in Chicago. They do a lot better against the Lions in Chicago. But um, tough stretch for the Bears coming up. This is a big divisional game that they need to win. But I'm going Chicago. So that's a second straight game that Ryan and I disagree with. 
Um, but that's been happening a lot this year. Yeah. It happened that one week that I went 10-3, and three, you went 9-4, I think. I th- yeah, I think so, two weeks ago we disagreed a couple times. And I think all the games I got wrong, you got right, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. So that, uh, that's crazy. Next one. Th- this just absolutely blows me right, right here. We got the Arizona Cardinals at the Kansas City Chiefs. 16.5 fa- point favorites. The Kansas City Chiefs are against Arizona at home. Huge. I This Huge is the line. biggest line we have seen this year. I don't know how I feel about it. What's your take on this line and who you picking? Yeah, this line is absurd. It's so big, but it also makes sense. Arizona, not a great team. Kansas City, one of the best, the possibly the best offense in the league. Definitely the most explosive, I would say. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if they're <clears throat> well balanced and everything, but they're definitely the most explosive. Definitely have the most potential for a huge play. That being said, I'm gonna take Arizona here plus sixteen and a half. I think this is just way too big of a line. I think Arizona loses this game by thirteen points, fourteen points, but I don't see them losing by. 17 21 24 I just don't see that big of a blowout I think I think this game is never close but I think Arizona will keep it within 17 points like this line indicates and I also think Kansas City is going to lose their first coin toss of the oh. year this year they're <clears throat> 9 and 0 12 and 0 going back to the preseason I think they lose it this week and they do not cover I agree um with the cover, and I don't know about the coin toss yet. We'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, the odds of them. I think it was some ridiculous number. The odds of getting getting nine straight coin tosses were one in tens of thousands or something. It, it's yeah, pretty insane. Not good. Not yeah. But you know, like we said in the beginning, this, this line is ginormous. I I mean, it's really it's really just destroying the Arizona Cardinals. This line is, and I'm really surprised to see that 67 percent of the community is picking KC. I mean, the line started KC minus 14, and I guess so many people were picking that that they had to move it to 16 and a half, and people are still picking the Chiefs. But look, this Arizona Cardinals team, like they're bad, but they're not as bad as everyone makes them seem. They have they're, some talent. They have some talent. Like they have some great players on defense. They have Chandler Jones, and they have Patrick Peterson. You know, and on offense, under um, under the new offensive coordinator, Brian Leftwich, Rosen set career highs in pass yards and pass touchdowns in week eight. And I know they got destroyed, but y- you just want to see the development there. And like we said in the first week when Leftwich became the, the offensive coordinator to buy last week was, you know, you want to see them really get into David Johnson. And that that is the formula to this team. And, you know, we know this Kansas City Chiefs defense isn't great. And I'm going to say it, I, I think this is the week. I, I I want it to be the week that David Johnson goes off. I really just want him to get on track. This is a guy who has way too much talent to, you know, to be wasted like this. And I think he gets the carries in this game. And I think the Arizona Cardinals keep it within 17. Like Ryan said, I think they lose by 14 or 10 or something like that. But do not expect them to lose by 20 to 23. This is just, this line is one of the biggest I've ever seen for a football game. You know, this is more of a basketball. This is even an absurd basketball line. So I'm going to take Arizona. I'm, I, I'm just very shocked the 33% of the community is taking uh, Arizona. I think more people would be because this team is, you know, they're not as bad as it seems, but. KC will win, but Arizona will be, you know, keep it within 14. 
All right, let's move on to uh, a game where a ton of the community is picking Atlanta. This is Atlanta versus Cleveland. Cleveland plus six. Atlanta six-point favorite. Um, Ryan, any explanation as to why this line opened as Cleveland plus two and a half and moved to Cleveland plus six? Um, was it the firing of Hugh Jackson? I think people just looked at the record and saw that the Cleveland Browns are absolutely horrible. <laughs> I mean, people thought this was the year they were going to turn stuff around, and they had a couple good games early in the season, but since then they have played awful. And people see the Falcons minus two and a half. Falcons have been playing well as of late, and I think this is going to be an easy win for the Falcons. I think I'm going to take the Falcons minus six. I think they're going to cover. They've been playing very well as of late. Matt Ryan's been playing like he did uh, two seasons ago, I yep, believe. MVP season. Yeah. Uh, he's been playing outstanding. Julio Jones finally got a touchdown pass. I think he keeps going, maybe find, gets another touchdown pass. Um, but, yeah, I just – I like Arizona – or <clears throat> Atlanta here, I'm sorry. Uh, Cleveland's just not a good team defensively. Not great offensively. I know Atlanta has an awful defense right now, banged up by injuries. But I just I can't see Cleveland pulling this out, keeping it close. I think Atlanta's just – they have too much talent on offense, and I think they win this game pretty handily. I don't think they win the game pretty easily. I actually do think it's within 10 to 7 points. Um I really do. I mean, this Browns team, they are different at home. I think we can both kind of agree on that, that they're kind of, you know, they're 2-2 two and two at home, 3-2 um, and two against the spread at home. They, they they just look like a better team. And the problem with the Cleveland Browns is just all the turmoil. You know, the worst thing you want to do for a rookie quarterback is fire your coach and switch up the scheme in the middle of a season. And then, you know, you got to learn all this. I mean, it's not a different scheme, but it's a different direction, you know, does uh does Greg Williams want to run the ball more? Does he want to do different things with Baker Mayfield? And it's just stability, the instability that you don't want to see, especially for your rookie quarterback who has showed promise. But, you know, this Cleveland Browns team is holding uh opposing passers to like a nine like a, a what is it? eighty one point seven passer rating this season, which is second in the NFL, you know. They're not playing terrible defense, but this team is still too young and they just don't know how to win. So I think they keep this game close, you know. It'll be close, and people will look at this game and be like, oh, you know, Cleveland's close. And then in the end, they'll pull away because this team just doesn't know how to win yet, even with Greg Williams. But I don't think it's the blowout that people are expecting it to be. I th- I'm, I'm going to pick... Oh, I'm going to pick Atlanta. But um, I think they only win by seven or something like that. It's not going to be, you know, a huge uh, a huge point uh, point differential in that one so going to take Atlanta but not not a big blowout Cleveland can hold them close but this is a team that's too young and does not know how to win yet all right we're going to move on to a game uh New Orleans at Cincinnati Cincinnati is a five and a half point underdog since uh New Orleans is a five and a half point favorite on the road uh New Orleans is here four and oh on the road Cincinnati this year three and one at home two and two against the spread Pretty interesting game here. We did not see Cincinnati last week. So, you know, we saw New Orleans beat the Rams and we are pretty unsure about Cincinnati because of their performance two weeks ago against the Bang against the Steelers, I believe. So not really sure where they're at, but who are you gonna take in this one? This is a tough game because 
New Orleans has looked like possibly the best team in the NFC East. Definitely. NFC. You said yeah, NFC. Yeah, NFC. Sorry. Um, they've been playing well since that first game, seven-game win streak. But I'm going to take Cincinnati here. Uh-huh. Uh, no A.J. Green, but I think. No A.J. Green. He's right, out he, for Yeah, but he does not need weeks. surgery. Yeah, but he's still out a couple weeks. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I think, has a big game. He's going to line up in the slot like he normally does. The Saints slot corner, P.J. Williams, having a really tough year this year. I think Andy Dalton exploits that matchup. I think Joe Mixon has a good game as well. Interesting stat I heard today. The Cincinnati Bengals are wearing orange jerseys, black pants. In their last six games, they are 6-0 and in those oh, uniforms. Oh, no. I don't think they win this game, but I think they cover <laughs> this game. And I think they can keep it close. New Orleans is coming off of a tough win, uh, a battle against the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to come out maybe a little slow. I think yeah. Cincinnati keeps this game close. They have a high-powered offense, just like New Orleans does. Not the same caliber, I would say, but... They definitely can. They have keep, playmakers. Yeah, they can keep up with New Orleans. I think they'll keep it close here. I think New Orleans still wins the game, but Cincinnati keeps close. Yeah, it's tough to see AJ Green not be in this game because I like Tyler Boyd, but I don't even think I can name other players on their at their wide receiver. Like they have Giovanni Bernard and they have Joe Mixon, and they have um, Jeremy Hill, but you know their wideouts are pretty depleted at this point. You know. Uh, What's his name? Tight end. Tyler Eifert went out earlier in the year, so they've lost a few key guys here. But, you know, the Bengals are 4-1 and one against the spread versus a team with a winning record. And like Ryan said, I don't think this New Orleans team is going to come out and blow the Bengals out of the water. I actually think a lot of the games this week are going to be pretty close. You're not going to see too many blowouts. So I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Saints win by four or five, actually, but the Bengals are going to cover. Again, this is an okay Bengals defense. They've been up and down, you know, they're they're just they're pretty gritty, but this is an offense that is gonna have to keep up with the with Drew Brees and the Saints, an MVP candidate. I think this is gonna be a shootout. We still haven't seen a lot from the New Orleans defense. We know what the secondary is. Um, they're gonna get better as time goes on with Eli Apple, but this is still um, a secondary that's pretty vulnerable. I know they just let out you know thirty five points to a really good Rams offense, but. They're still pretty vulnerable, and you can attack them. I wonder how they're going to attack them because I don't know what else they're going to be able to do downfield. I know like they like Tyler Boyd in the slot sometimes and you know what he can do midfield, but I don't know. They're going to have to change something up because obviously like they want to rely on running in this game, but this is a Saints team that's number one in the NFL in run defense, so I, I don't expect the rushers to be able to carry this team to offensive success. So they're going to have to find a way to go downfield, whether it's Tyler Boyd or somebody else. John Ross. John Ross, right. See, that's interesting now because, you know, John Ross, what's his targets number? I don't know his targets number, but I feel like this is a guy who has not been getting a lot of opportunities. But, you know, if you put the ball in John Ross's hands, you can expect good things to happen. This is a guy who has the fastest 40-yard dash time in in NFL history. We saw a play he made early in the year where he caught it and he just weaved through defenders, was able to get in the end zone. So we'll see if they get John Ross going. He hasn't really been the guy they wanted him to be as far as downfield. Usually a lot of time they're using him in, you know, short out routes, uh, screens. They want him to use uh, his speed and his... uh, uh, agility to to get downfield rather than 
throw shots to him deep more most of the time. So that that that's interesting. I I do like that because I do think the absence of um, AJ Green gives John Ross an opportunity to you know catch a few balls and see what he can do because at this point a lot of people are declaring him a bust already. So we'll see what he can do. That's interesting for the Cincinnati offense. I am taking Cincinnati. I think it's a closer game than people expect, but the Saints do get the win. Let's move on. We're going to go to uh, New New England at Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans coming off a nice win against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Um, New England coming off a, a pretty big win against the Green Bay Packers. Pretty dominating, pretty easy win for them. Uh, this is uh, New England minus 6.5 on the road. They are 2-2 two two on the road against the spread. Tennessee 2-1 at home. Although they beat the Cowboys, I still can't put a tag on Tennessee about who they are, and I'm sure you can agree. So, divisional game here. Um, that's a lie. Not a divisional game here. Sometimes conference game. <laughs> conference game. Uh, these I feel like these teams play each other frequently. But who are you taking in this one? I'm gonna take New England here. I just I have zero faith in Tennessee's offense. Their defense is good, but. This is the New England Patriots we're talking about. Yeah. Um, they they finally, not finally, but they definitely have fully integrated Josh Gordon into the offense. He had a big week last week. It's good to see that. Uh, it looks like Rob Gronkowski and Sony Michelle are going to play. Okay, that's so huge. That, that's big for New England. These two teams played in the playoffs, I believe, and New England beat them. That was last uh, year. Yeah. After Titans upset the Chiefs in the first round. Yeah. Um, I think New England wins this game by at least a touchdown. They're rolling right now. They're playing very good football. Best team in the AFC, I think, uh, even though the Chiefs have a better record. Yeah, I, the, like, the, I like the Patriots a little yeah. better, more experience. Um, and I just – I think Tom Brady's just – I think he's going to have a pretty good day against Tennessee here. Yeah, so Tennessee quietly has uh, the NFL's top-scoring defense, allowing just 17.6 points per game. They are one of just six teams to allow fewer than 20 points per game. And that's kind of gone a little bit unnoticed. I mean, the, the Titans are always an under-the-radar team. You know, they're not a huge market team that gets a lot of attention, whether they're really successful or not. They kind of just fly under the radar. They do their thing. I mean, most of the time, recently, they've been 9-7, and 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, last year, they barely snuck into the playoffs as the sixth um, wild card as a six playoff team as a wild card team. So you know, and again, now they're four and four. They're mediocre. They've been up and down. No one knows who they are. No one's gonna declare them, you know, really good. No one's gonna declare them not that good. But at this point in the season, the Patriots have hit their stride, and it is so hard to bet against them, especially with this line, which is um, what is it? We got six and a half. You know, this game could be close, but I mean, this Patriots offense is just. It's something else, man. I mean, this Patriots team, it, it's something else as it usually is with Belichick. And I mean, I just cannot describe how easy it looked for them last week against against the Packers. Yeah. I mean, just completely outcoached, completely outmatched at every facet of the game. I mean, he he made Aaron Rod- that that team made Aaron Rodgers look pretty pedestrian. You know, it, this is a good Tennessee defense, like I mentioned, the top-scoring defense in the NFL. But like Ryan said, we're talking about the Patriots here, and they've hit their stride. And they're going to lose some games down the stretch, but I don't think this is one of them. That being said, I'm taking Tennessee, plus 6.5. I'm taking Tennessee. They lose the game, but I do think they keep it close. I'm not going to say the 
like I love the page like I, I don't like the Patriots I just love that they've been going great I love that they beat the Packers thank you Patriots but I love them when they get into this and in, in picking and they and to get into November you know they're just almost unstoppable but they're gonna lose games you know they've lost games this year they've been inconsistent they almost lo- they nearly lost to the Bears you know they've cut it close to some teams and against teams with better defenses they have not been doing as well you know you saw that against the Bears. Even though they put up 38 points, it was a closer game. I think this Tennessee defense holds them to a certain extent. I like the Tennessee's at home. It's tough, but I am going to take Tennessee. I think New England wins by four, five, or six, but Tennessee with the cover. You like that one, Ryan? Going out on a limb with that one. You got to take a few. You got to take a few upsets here and there. You got it right. Got to pick a I few guess. outliers. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, listen, probably. listen. I mean, here's something that I always talk about. You you look at these analysts on you know whatever platform it is, and you see you know they'll 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 make their graph and they'll go you know each analyst will put their face at the top and they'll put the game at the bottom and then you know they'll show the graphic for each team and who they're picking and you know for half of the games at least it's each analyst picking one team you know and not one well not one of those guys you know willing to go out and say I think this team's going to win or I think this team's going to cover the spread you know the underdog and it happens every week whether you like it or not there's going to be at least two teams who are going to uh, who are going to beat the spread and win the game it, it's going to happen and you you know what's going to happen it, it's pretty much inevitable and you got to be willing to go out there and take a risk sometime that's part of betting um it's it, it like I said it's a risk but you know, you got to be willing to go out there and be smart about it. If you have the insight, you know, this this game matches up okay for Tennessee. And I'm going out there. I'm going to put $100 on the Tennessee Titans, assuming we are putting $100 on every game because that is what we do here at the Lapka and Telly podcast. So that little spiel is over. We're going to move on now to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. Both teams, uh, the Colts had a bye last week, I believe. Um, I believe they both had a buy last week. Do you yeah. want to check? They did, right? Yeah. Okay, because the the reason why I say that is because this these are two teams right now where the Colts are kind of on the rise, the Jaguars are kind of on the downfall, and we don't really know who they are right now. And this is a Jaguars team that's pretty concerning. In fact, the Colts are favored in this game. Indianapolis minus three. The under is pretty over under is pretty low at forty seven and a half. But who are you gonna take in this one? Indianapolis, pretty interesting game. AFC South matchup. I think this game um, is going to determine a team that still has a chance to fight um, maybe for the division. I, I don't really have a lot of faith in the Texans. I think they got a couple lucky wins there. So you're saying who win, who, whoever uh, wins this game will have a chance in the AFC South? Yeah. Okay. Loser is officially done. So who you going to take? They'll drop to 3-6. and six. I'm going to take Indianapolis here. And the win? And the cover? Yeah, because they have okay. to cover to win. Yeah. Because they're favorites. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm gonna take Indianapolis here. They've been rolling as of late. They finally got Marlon Mack back. They've been giving him the ball. He's been doing great things, taking some stress off of Andrew Luck's arm. And Indianapolis, it looks like they finally figured out how to help Andrew Luck in other spots other than just making him throw the ball downfield. They finally got a a good running back, and I think. That's really helping their offense become more balanced, score more. Um, it's helping out their defense a little bit. I know Jacksonville, they're likely to get Leonard Fournette back this week. Are they? I have not seen anything yeah, about that. But I just, 
I still don't have a lot of faith in this offense. I, I don't think they're going to give Fournette a huge workload. Obviously, they don't want him to get hurt again and continue with the hamstring injuries. I'm going to take Indianapolis here at home. I think they win this game by four points. Um, so just barely. Yeah, but I, I do think Andrew Luck, he'll probably throw the ball maybe 35 times. Marlon Mack, 20, 25 carries, 100 yards. I think they continue to give him the ball, keep keep the ground and pound game going. So I like Indianapolis with the win and cover. All right, both of these teams are uh, pretty good off the bye week. Jacksonville seven and one against the spread in their last eight games following the bye week, while the Colts are eight and three against the spread in their last eleven games following a bye week. So can't really tell there if the bye week is going to affect either team. It looks like they're both pretty solid off of it. But you know, like Ryan said, I looked it up. Leonard Fournette will play this week against the Indianapolis Colts. But I just, you know, this Jacksonville team, they're they're kind of falling apart to me. And we talked about how when they get Leonard Fournette back, you know, it will help their offense. But we're, I mean, they don't have weapons on the out. Like last year, you know, D.D. Westbrook was was looking better. Uh, Alan Hearns was looking good. Marquise Lee was looking like a kind of a force. They, they had playmakers, and that's the reason why they made it to the AFC Championship. You know, it's not going to happen where Leonard Fournette's going to carry the whole offense. Like, yeah, he, he basically is their offense, but you still need those playmakers on the outside. So, first of all, Leonard Fournette coming back, missing like six or seven weeks, he's not going to be 100%. He's not going to be 100 yards, two touchdowns, 150 yards like he was last year. He's not going to be explosive. Um, I think this Colts defense limits him, and if they limit him, you know, they're going to force Bortles to throw it, and we know what happens when Bortles throws it. And this Indianapolis offense, they're pretty good. Andrew Luck, second in the league in passing touchdowns. Like you said, Marlon Mack has just completely changed the dynamic of this offense. They can do so much more now. You know, this is what they were missing two years ago, three years ago when they were able to make the playoffs and when they were trying to make a Super Bowl run when they were a pretty good team, they were missing that, that runner who could, who could you know, change up the scheme in the offense. The defense wasn't expecting uh, Andrew Luck to throw 50 times a game. And that's what you want. So, you know, the, the Colts only have one game remaining against an opponent with a win percentage over 500 right now. So, like you said, if the Colts win this game and move to 4-5, and five, this is a team that I believe still can make a run for this AFC South. Like you said, I don't have a lot of trust in the Texans. I know they're on a 16 win streak, but yeah, they lost their first three to some pretty bad teams. This is a team that is not validated yet. Um, you know, their offense hasn't been great. Their defense has been really good lately, but Deshaun Watson has not been what he is, and this is a Colts team that I think can creep up, and I think they do that after a win in Jacksonville. So I'm picking the Colts um, against the spread and in the win. This is a team that, you know, is continuing to get better each week. They have found their niche, and this is a Jacksonville team that's on the decline. If they go to 3-6, and six, it's over. There's no way they're winning seven in a row to get in the playoffs, even 6-1. and one. So, taking Indianapolis, huge game for them. Huge AFC South matchup. Keep your eye on this one. It should be a good one in Indy. You know, I think we should just skip the next game. This, uh... It's a very bad game. I'm actually surprised the Jets are favored by seven. The Buffalo Bills against the New York Jets. But listen to this. No Josh Allen. No Sam Darnold. The matchup, folks, is Nathan Peterman versus, what is it, Josh McCown, I believe? Josh McCown. Josh McCown. I'm putting 
4.7 million dollars on the New York Jets. I don't <laughs> yeah. Solely because of Nathan no, and all joking aside, um New York Jets 7.5 point 7 point favorite in, uh, at home. Nathan Peterman, we know what he is. Josh McCown is not a bad backup, people. Don't get that wrong. He can light it up. He did it four five years ago with the Bears, you know, he's done it before. But what's your insight on this absolutely spectacular matchup in uh the Meadowlands? Yeah, um I'm gonna take the Jets minus seven, but I'm actually surprised that they're minus seven. They opened at minus seven. And they stayed. And that was really prior to knowledge that Sam Darnold wasn't gonna play. Right, which is strange. So, um yeah, I mean I think Josh McCown is actually a better quarterback than Sam Darnold, but at this point, yes. At this point, yes. Yeah, yeah. But I respect the move of the Jets to realize that you need to get this guy experience. I mean Everybody's harping on, oh, he's throwing all these interceptions, blah, 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 blah. Andrew Luck, his rookie year, threw a ton of interceptions. Peyton Manning led the league in interception. I'm pretty sure he set the rookie record for interceptions his rookie year. I'm not saying Sam Darnold is that guy. Carson Wentz, not a great year. His rookie year comes back his second year. It's all about experience. you got to get these guys in game situations. It's not helping them in practice. That being said, I think Josh McCown gets this offense going a little bit. I think they move the ball a little bit better with Josh McCown. And I, I, I like the Jets here against a terrible Bills team. <laughs> um, yeah, I I just, it's tough for the Bills to really it's do really anything tough. with without Josh, uh, Josh Allen. Um, we'll see if the Jets can improve without Sam Darnold. And... Um, I bet Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen had this game circled on their calendars because they were roommates leading up to the draft. Yeah. Now they're both injured and don't get to play against each other. That's really unfortunate. Uh, But they are in the same division, so they'll play each other. uh, One more time. In the future, obviously. But this is just an awful game. (laughs) This view, nobody's going to watch this game besides maybe some people in Buffalo, maybe some people in New York. Don't turn on CBS at 1 o'clock. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this game is going to get a ton of viewers. This is just a bad <laughs> game. But Josh McCown yeah. is a capable quarterback. Oh, I think he gets sure. the job done. Yeah, I mean, the look, the fact that the, the line did not move after the news about Sam Darnold just proves that Vegas is just all in against Buffalo. And the reason this line was at 7 in the first place was because of how bad Buffalo is, not because of where the state of the New York Jets. But listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and no one's talking about this. You know, Sam Donald's injury, what was it? It wasn't huge. I think it was like a what was it an ankle? I think he sprained his foot or something. It was something. a sprained foot, you know He's just in a walking boot. Yeah, let let me let me tell you. If this if the if Jan, if Sam Darnold was a second year, third year player, he'd be playing in this game. I don't think the New York Jets want to put him in this many more games. I, I think the New York Jets want to hold him. I think he's losing his confidence down there in New York. I don't know about you, but when quarterbacks throw for this many interceptions, the number of pick sixes that he has thrown, he's he's getting harped on by by analysts, by you know the national media. It, it might be killing his confidence. And the Jaguars, or the Jaguars, the, um, the Jets... 
Jets. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Jets might be reluctant to just throw him out there and keep destroying his confidence. I mean, there's two things that you can do. Like you said, you know, your side of it, your view of it was, all right, get him the experience, right? You know, it, it, and it works for certain guys. Like when you threw, it, it, it's hard to tell for certain guys, but you know, Sam Darn was a pretty capable quarterback coming out of college. Like, if you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes or a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, I'm just talking about those two guys because they're from lower-level schools. You know, they're from UNC, Texas Tech. Those aren't schools that are high-powered playing the best talent in college. Um, you know, you want those guys. Usually you want guys like that to develop. But, you know, you have a guy like Sam Darnold coming out of USC. You expect him, um, Heisman Candidate, you expect him to come out and, you know, have an impact on the team have him play at least within the first two weeks and he's done that and you know he he let it up in the first game and since then it's been all downhill and when you have those expectations sometimes throwing all these interceptions can kill your confidence and like 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 I said you can either have a quarterback keep his confidence and develop or get that game experience and I think right now the New York Jets organization does not like where he's at right now they think it's ruining um you know, it, it could be hurting him in a player as a player in the long run, and I, I'm sure you can agree with that because yeah. it it happens all the time. I mean, if they have a bad rookie year and there's you know they're starting to realize, oh my God, maybe I'm not that good. Maybe I shouldn't throw the ball downfield. Maybe I shouldn't make these risky throws. And in the end, when you get more developed, that's what you're going to have to do to be successful. But back to the game itself, you know, like like Ryan said, Josh McCown is a capable quarterback. He's not bad at all. He's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. But this is a Buffalo defense that is good. I said it last week. They shut down the Bears in the first quarter, but the offense threw that game away for them. And this this Buffalo defense can hold down this New York Jets offense to a certain extent. But, you know, like it happens every game, it's not Nathan Pierman's going to throw the game away. He He's not going to throw four interceptions in this game, but he's going to throw one or two, and it's going to change the game. And the New York Jets are going to end up winning this game by a touchdown. I think it goes to a push. The over-under is 36-and-a-half, meaning both teams would score 18 points. This is one of the lowest uh, over-unders I've seen this year. I'm going to take the New York Jets. It's going to be a push, though. Pretty boring game. Like we said, please do not turn on CBS if you are in the New York or Buffalo area. Uh, turn on Fox or something. Watch a different game because this one might be disastrous. All right, we're going to move on to an AFC West battle. What a gritty battle down in Oakland. This one opened as Oakland as a 7.5-point underdog, but moved to Oakland as a 10-point underdog, meaning the Chargers are a 10-point favorite. 72% of the community is picking the Chargers. Chargers 3-1 on the road, 3-1 against the spread on the road. Oakland 1-2 at home, 1-2 uh, against the spread at home, so not too bad as, as it may seem. Uh, who are you going to take in this one? I'm taking the Chargers. Ooh, okay. They've been playing very well. The Raiders are not very good. Not very uh, good. Their defense is not good. Their offense is not good. Not a lot of talent on either side of the ball. Chargers have a ton of talent. I think Phillip Rivers lights this defense up. I mean, this defense just got lit up by third stringer Nick Mullins. Um, oh, my God. Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and I think he's going to do a a little bit um, of what Nick Mullins did against this Raiders defense, and that is light them up, score a ton of points on them. Uh, I don't see the Raiders scoring a ton of points on this Chargers defense, which mm -hmm. is uh, pretty good. I think uh, Melvin Gordon has another good day like usual. I think Keenan Allen could have a big day. All Everyone on the 
Chargers offense, I think, could have a big day against this <laughs> Oakland defense. And what else is new? Oakland Raiders lose a football game. I th- there's not a lot. There's this, not, uh, this Raiders team really is just not. not very good. I mean, there's just not a lot you can take away from them in the first place. It's hard picking these games for the Raiders because it's not like you can go out and say, oh, yeah, this, you know, Bruce Serve, oh, he's gone. You can't go out and say, oh, Amari Cooper could have a, no, he's gone. You can't go out and say, oh, yeah, Khalil Mack could, no, he's gone. There's just not a lot of players at this point that can help them win. And we know Derek Carr can't do anything. He's not going to carry a team. There's just no players on this team that can that can solely help this team get a win. There is no way this Oakland team wins this game. However, I'm picking them to cover. I think they only lose by 10 or 7. I think, it's, I, I think it could be a push. They're different at home. It's just one of those things where, you know, you got the black hole. Like, the Raiders fans are going to show up. Like, the black hole is going to show up because that's yeah. what they do. And it, it, it has an impact. I'll say that. And it's just one of those things. This is just one of those games. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say they're going to cover because I think it could be possible. And I think this is the game of the week where the really surprised team. I know I said, who did I say else was going to cover? I said Cleveland was going to cover, but that's not as a surprise. Tennessee? It was at Tennessee. But I think I think this is obviously more of a surprise if they cover than Tennessee, for sure. I mean, 72% of the community is taking Los Angeles. But I'm taking Oakland. Why not? I'm putting $100 on it. They're better at home. I, I don't know why you I don't know why I'm doing this. I, th- I don't know why I'm doing it. I, I really don't know. I'm really questioning myself right now. But I can't wait for them to cover, and I'm just going to be jumping in joy. But go for it. I mean, there's really, like Ryan said, there's really not a lot else to take away from this game. You know, the Chargers are a good team, and they're going to win this game. And if the Chiefs lose, which they're not going to, they're playing the Cardinals. But like we said, if the Chargers move here to 7-2, and two, Chiefs would move to 9-1, and one, assuming both teams get a win. This is a really tough AFC West. And like I said, I'm going to say it every week, I think the, uh, the Chargers do win the AFC West. All right. I work another pretty bad game coming up. Jeez, can we get some good games in here, man? Jeez, we have some good games coming up later. Um, next one though, Miami Dolphins at the Green Bay Packers. I'm I'm su- Ooh, I almost dropped my computer. I'm surprised. This line is huge for me. Um, Green Bay Packers minus ten opened at minus seven, moved to minus ten. Any reason for that? I'm not sure why. Um. Miami's not very good. Miami's not very good. I guess that's the reason. There could be a few key injuries here and there. But, you know, Miami's not good. But neither are the Green Bay Packers. They are not very good either. Um, But who are you going to take in this one? Originally, I was going to go with Miami. But that's tough. at the last second, I I, I changed my mind. I'm going to go with Green Bay. Last week, Miami got virtually shut down by the Jets. Uh, defense, if it wasn't for, I believe, a pick six, a couple interceptions by Sam Darnold, Miami wasn't looking too good. And they really haven't been looking too good since that Bears game where they uh, came out with the upset in overtime. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers um, continues what he's been doing. I mean, he's been having a pretty good season for the fact that he's been hobbling around on one leg, basically. Um Green Bay still got a still got weapons on offense. Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, uh Valdez, Scantling. You know, they, they got a couple guys who can do some things. Aaron Jones. Um yeah it's just a tough game. 
But I think Aaron Rodgers will beat this Miami defense. Uh, Look, if they don't win this game, Mike McCarthy gets fired. I will say it right now. I think they win this game at the cover. They should. I mean, my goodness, they Um, should. Yeah, I'm going to go with Green Bay. It's a tough... It's really a tough. It's a tough pick, line. But, it's a really tough line. At but time. I, I just don't think Miami's very good. They can't do anything running the ball. They really can't do anything throwing the ball. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm gonna take Green Bay just on the basic uh, fact that they have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm, I'm not even taking it. I'm just doing it on the basic fact that they're undefeated at home and Aaron Rodgers is undefeated at home in his last 11 games. That's literally the only reason I'm taking the Packers. If this game was on the road, I'm taking the Dolphins for sure. Of course, the line wouldn't be 10, but this Packers team, they're bad. They're, they're, they're just bad, man. And, you know, one of their next, they only have, uh, of their next six games, only one of them is against a team with a losing record. So it's pretty tough slate coming up for the, for the, um, for the Green Bay Packers. And this is Dolphins secondary. Dolphins secondary leads the league in interceptions. So, I know Aaron Rodgers has thrown only one interception. I think he throws another one in this game. I think it's close. I'm going to take the Packers to win the game. I, I hate picking the Packers. But, I mean, if they lose this, I mean, there is no reason they should lose this game. And if they do, all hell is going to break loose in Green Bay. Mike McCarthy, fired. This team is going to be down the toilet bowl. I mean, I'm completely serious. In all seriousness, if they lose this game, Mike McCarthy's going to get think, fired. I think he's fired either way. I mean, he's, he's fired either year at the end of the year. But if they lose this game, oh, you're going to unleash right now. Because at 3-5-1, you're done. It's over. It's over at 3-5-1. Even with Aaron Rodgers, it's over. I mean, you, you did it to yourself. You released. We freaking talk about it again. You gave away hot Clinton Dix, and your defense is paying for it. And your offense is just... You know, the scheme has just not been that great. Uh, Aaron Jones isn't on Aaron. Huh? They cut Aaron Rodgers' favorite wide receiver, Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. I mean, Jordy Nelson's not doing great with the Raiders. Yeah, but if he was with the Packers, he'd be putting up numbers. I mean, yeah. And, oh, God, they're bad. Okay. But that being said, closer game. But if the, the Packers should win, and I'm picking them to win, but if they lose, I will be so content because the Packers will be done. It will be over, just as the Dallas Cowboys, which is our next game. We're gonna do. No, we still uh, got Seattle, LA. All right, we'll do that first. Wow, this well, is they good are too. before it. Yeah, they are before it. That is Dallas versus Philadelphia versus Sunday game. All right, we're gonna do Seattle versus Los Angeles Rams. Um, Rams nine and a half point favorite. Pretty justifiable. Rams four zero at home. Two uh, Seahawks two and two on the road one and two against the spread at home. Although the Rams are only two and two against the spread at home, I almost fell out of my chair. It's getting late, folks. It's eleven oh eight here in Columbus. Um, podcasting pretty late tonight, but you're gonna take in this one in LA. I'm gonna take Seattle. Oh, uh, originally I was gonna go with the Rams, but then I thought about it, and the Rams team coming off their first loss of the year. The last time these two teams played each other, um, Seattle kept it close. Um, I know this game is in L.A., but it really doesn't have that big of an effect. Los Angeles isn't really getting the crowds that they've been expecting since they moved back to L.A. Not at all. I think that will change with the new stadium. But the home field advantage thing doesn't really do that much for me to justify the Rams' killing this Seattle team. I think the Rams still win, but I think Seattle will keep it close. They have been 
surprisingly okay this year, I think is the best way you can describe them. They're, Seattle, yeah. They're, they're not great. They're not terrible. But people definitely thought that they were done after they got rid of basically their entire team, their entire defense. The that, that, boom yeah, that led to the Super Bowl. They are running the ball better. I'm not, I'm not sure if Chris Carson's going to play. But Mike Davis last week filled in for Chris Carson after he got hurt and played pretty well Mm -hmm. he played well for him earlier in the season when Carson was out so I'm going to take Seattle to keep it close I think they lose by a touchdown for sure um that's justifiable but yeah I think I think they're gonna cover the spread here but I do think they're gonna lose let's look at the first game between uh Seattle and Los Angeles let me see if I can find it um Seattle Seattle season we're just gonna, cause this game was close. I just want to know the exact score um, between these two teams in their first meeting. It was thirty-three to thirty-one. Uh, the Rams won thirty-three to thirty-one off of a late comeback. So I know Seattle's a better team at home, and that game earlier in the season was at home. But I'm gonna take Seattle, and I'm gonna take Seattle to. Uh... No, they're not gonna win the football game. I don't think I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I was gonna I can't say do it. they're that, gonna cover. They're gonna cover. That's bold. And and like I said, it's gonna be close. If there's anyone that knows, you know, how to play the Rams or again, it's a divisional matchup. It's going to be close and I think the uh the Seattle Seahawks have the ability to keep it close, which is actually surprising. I did not see them at 4 and 4 at this point. I think they started 0 and 2, 1 and 1 like that and I they just did not like I said, like Ryan said, they completely dismantled their team this offseason and I did not expect them to even be at 4 and 4. They played some pretty weak teams, but you know, I I I just think that this this Seattle team, they're experienced and they know how to win games down the stretch. And you know, I still like Pete Carroll, and I still like that. You know, they have the ability to upset teams and win games. But um, Russell Wilson's not great. He's only uh, against the Rams, only six and seven in his career versus the Rams. But you know, that's pretty ridiculous stat because it's a completely different Rams team. Um, but this is gonna be a close game. Rams are gonna win, but I'm definitely taking Seattle. I think this is a pretty big line. Um, for a divisional matchup. So I'm going to take Seattle to cover Rams to win the game. But Rams are still, still I think, uh, one of the better team, maybe the best team in football. Not sure between them and the Saints, but be a win for them. They're going to move to 9-1. and one. Let's move on now to, uh, I still think, an interesting game in Philadelphia. You might disagree. Um, this is Dallas at Philadelphia Sunday night football NFC East matchup. Boy, does the uh, NBC love their Sunday night football NFC East matchups. Um, but we're gonna do. Uh, this is Philadelphia minus seven. Dallas Cowboys. What's the record on the road? O and four. Philadelphia hasn't been the team that they looked like last year, the reigning Super Bowl champions, but the Dallas Cowboys coming off an absolutely abysmal loss against the Tennessee Titans, losing 28-14 to against a very shaky Titans team. A lot are saying America's team is done this year and that some changes need to be made, especially at the head coach position. Who are you going to take in this one, uh, Dallas or Philadelphia? I'm taking the Eagles. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to absolutely Bias. light up the Cowboys here. Cowboys are terrible. Offense stinks. Oh, oh he was terrible. Uh, defense is okay, but they're, they're, the game's in Philadelphia. Eagles are going to win at home. I think Carson Wentz uh, has a great game. I think he uh, will uh, look 
like his MVP form from last year. No, he didn't win the MVP, but he should have. Yes, um, I agree. I think he gets back on track. I mean, if if you look at the past meet, past few meetings with these teams, uh, in 2015, Sam Bradford wins in overtime. Eagles win. Cowboys score in overtime. Uh, Cowboys win. Eagles win the next game. Eagles win. Last year's 37 to 9. Wow. Uh, absolutely dismantled them. And then last year in the last game of the season, the Eagles had their third stringers in. The Cowboys had their starters in the entire game. And the Cowboys scored six points on the Eagles' third stringers. Wow. Cowboys, not good. Eagles are going to win this game. Eagles are going to win the division. Um, they get back on track here. I think Carson Wentz, yep. like I said, has a really good game. I think it's a little too late for him to get into the MVP conversation oh, with Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees, but I think he has an MVP caliber game, and I think he has MVP caliber games going forward for the rest of the season. I I love the Eagles here on Sunday Night Football at home. They're wearing all black. Um, the first time they wore all black, Sunday Night Football against the Giants, and they shut out the Giants. Um, I think that was 2000. 14, 15. You uh, love yeah. the uniform stats. You cannot discredit the uniforms. <laughs> the uniforms are huge. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, Eagles win this game by two touchdowns, maybe more. Yeah, I, I agree. This this could be a blowout. This is a Dallas team that is just completely falling apart, and you got to question something up in the organization. I know they've had injuries, but this is a team that was 13-3 and three two years ago. And many people thought that this this Dallas Cowboys team with Dak Prescott and Zeke uh, would be set up for many future playoff appearances um, after their uh, season two years ago. But all things have gone downhill. They're three and five, coming off a horrible loss at home. Jason Garrett is gone. I know you, Cowboys. I know you, Dallas people love Jason Garrett. I mean, he's just the best. Even if you're three and five, you love Jason Garrett. Jerry Jones cannot um, keep his hands off of him, but. I'm going to take uh, Philadelphia without a doubt. Without a doubt. Put a hundred grand on Philadelphia Eagles in this game. It's not even going to be close. This Eagles team getting a lot better. Um, their early season woes, I'm going to accredit that to the Super Bowl hangover. It happens to every team. And, you know, they just need to find themselves again, settle down a little bit, settle in. And they're settling in. And like you said, Carson Wentz looked really good two weeks ago. They had the bye week last week. And he's finding, you know, Guys, remember, he came off an ACL injury. It's tough to do that. And we've seen the effects of that on Deshaun Watson. We've seen the effects on that on a lot of guys. And I think he's starting to, I think he's finally completely healthy, finally ready to be able to move on that on that knee like he uh, has been and like he did last year. And this Cowboys team 0-4 on the road, there's just no chance for them. I'm going Philadelphia. Philadelphia by at least 7 Uh Put all your money on Philadelphia if you're listening to the podcast right now. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a win by at least 10. Yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be a pretty pretty easy game for the Eagles. Cowboys looked terrible last week against terrible Tennessee. Terrible. Offense. Terrible. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the Monday Night Football game. This is actually a good game. I'm not. I, it's a one and seventeen versus two and seventeen, but I'm excited to watch this football game. At least it's a close game. At least it's a close game, and I'm excited to watch the game. I mean, listen, when you put teams on prime time, although they're bad, people want to see Odell Beckham Jr. People want to see Saquon Barkley, and you know now people are interested in Nick Mullins. People, people love 
to watch star players. People love to watch interesting players. You know, I love watching Odo Beckham Jr. And this this is the second time in three weeks that both of these teams have been um, on Monday Night Football, which kind of surprises me. But uh, that being said, San Francisco 49ers are a three and a half point favorite, surprisingly, in my opinion. Uh, they are two and two at home this year, one and three against the spread at home. Uh, New York Giants three and one against the spread on the road. So, pretty uh, equal as far as on the spread uh, against the spread at home versus on the road. But who are you gonna take in this one in a surprisingly interesting Monday Night Football matchup? Yeah, I thought about this game a lot. I'm gonna take San Francisco here at home. Um, I just I just don't have a lot of faith in Eli Manning. I don't have a lot of faith in this Giants defense. Understandable. Um, Understandable. I, I like I like what Nick Mullins did last week. Um, I don't really. There's not a lot to say. Th- there's uh, not a lot to just justify this right, game. It's right, not right, like right, right. either team has blown it up offensively. It's oh, not yeah, like yeah, either yeah. team has done amazing things defensively. This is just a game that it's two bad teams playing on Monday Night Football, and <laughs> this was this seemed like it was going to be a pretty good game when the schedulers made the schedule, but then Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. The Giants, yeah. the Giants can't beat anything. Right. Um, they can't beat anything. I don't know. I think George Kittle has a yeah, pretty good yeah, yeah, game yeah. for San Francisco. Saquon Barkley's probably going to have 150 all-purpose yards like he usually does because they throw him the ball in the backfield probably 10 to 15 times a game. Eli Manning can't throw the ball deep anymore. Yeah. Um, no, he cannot. Yeah, Listen, I'm, I'm yeah. going to take San Francisco. Right, right. If you're, the, if you're the New York Giants... You want to lose this game because you need a high draft pick to take a quarterback. That's almost inevitable at this point. But over the, you know what Odell comes out and says, you know, a reporter asks him, what's the goal for this year? And he says, to make the playoffs. Um, listen, I know that's crazy. I absolutely love that. I love to hear that. You know, that, that that's a player who plays with so much integrity, so much heart, and he's going to go out there on Monday Night Football and play as hard out as he does every week. And the New York Giants are going to win this football game. I think the New York Giants are a better team than the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, talent-wise, who would you take in that? If you're talking about talent, who would you take? Talent, I'll take the I'll Giants. i take the New York Giants. This is a San Francisco team. You know, they played the, the Oakland Raiders. I, I know Nick Mullins went off, but... It was the Oakland Raiders. They're going to get a rude awakening playing a... Or at least Nick Mullins is going to get a rude awakening playing an actually solid defense. Solid by, I mean, average in the NFL in nearly every category. Um, they have playmakers in the secondary with in Landon Collins, but... And uh, well, Olivier Vernon. You know, they got guys who can make plays. And this New York Giants offense... They can score points. They got playmakers. Saquon's going to go off in this game. OBJ's going to go off. He's going to light it up and... It's going to make the Monday night game interesting. I actually think the New York Giants win this game by at least seven. I think they are better than San Francisco 49ers, despite the 49ers being two and seven, which is only one game better than the Giants. Um, I, I think the Giants are just a better team. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Giants in this pretty, uh, pretty bad game as far as record, but exciting game because of the, the interesting stories on you know both sides. And question for you. You know, you're the New York Giants right now, 1-7. This is their uh, second season or first season with Pat Shermer? First season. First season. 
Okay. The, okay. I thought for some reason I thought it was second season. They're not gonna make a change at the head coaching position. I don't think they will. No, I I don't really blame this all on Pat Shermer. I, you can't. Um, I mean this the offense looks similar to what it did with uh, Ben McAdoo. Yes, yes. For yes, the past two seasons, yeah. um, but he's just dealing with a guy that should have retired two years ago. Yeah. I mean, Eli Manning just doesn't have his arm anymore. Um, he's just he's not throwing the ball deep. He's not doing anything downfield. I think they're looking for. Obviously, they're going to look for a new quarterback in the draft this year. I think that's what Pat Shermer needs, and I I don't think they're ready to give up on him just yet. No, you you just can't. You don't. I don't really. I mean, I don't know how many times we've seen it where a first I think year the head most coach. recent Mike Patton with was the it Browns, Mike my, maybe four years. Well, ago. Well, that's the Browns. I mean, you know, that's an outlier, but. Yeah. Pretty interesting week here in Week 10. I know the games don't seem that interesting, but expect most of them to be close. You're not going to see too many blowouts. Uh, we, we took the underdog in most of the games as far as spread goes. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of closer games, and you're going to see a few upsets here and there like it happens every week. So look out for a, a pretty interesting uh, mix of games here in Week 10. It was great. Have a good week, this guys. Um, these guys... <laughs> I don't even know what I just said right there. <laughs> Have a great week. Look out for these games. Hopefully uh, you win some money this week. Uh, yeah, have a good week. We'll see you guys on uh, Tuesday for the recaps. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week.